0: What's up, everybody? Barbarians. This is nuclear barbarians, your weekly nuclear podcast, and is I, Emmett, your nuclear barbarian. And I am here with of Africa for nuclear. How are you, Princey?
1: I'm fine, thank you, Emmet. And how are you?
0: I'm great. I'm excited to have you here. It was I had a list of when I first started the podcast of like people I want to get on the show. And you were like easily top five. I was like, I got to talk to (laughs) Princey. So I'm glad that we finally made it happen and that I reached out and well, okay. So I know who you are and we've talked, I think a couple times before, but my audience might not know you. So I was wondering if we could start with your background. Who are you? What are you about?
1: All right. My name is Princey, okay, my full name is Princess Ntombin, so many people call me Prince, which I'm fine with it, and I am a nuclear communication specialist from South Africa, and I work in the nuclear industry, (laughs) and I'm a nuclear advocate, and yes, that's basically who am I. I'm Princey, a nuclear communication specialist, and a nuclear advocate.
0: yeah. Great. So let me ask you, what do you do in the nuclear industry?
1: I communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, uh, my current title is Nuclear Stakeholder Management Advisor. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of uh, communication and stakeholder engagement in the nuclear industry for the government and for the state-owned entities and for just the public at, at large. So yeah, that's basically what I do. I try to take nuclear to the people, which is a difficult thing. I'm sure you can attest to that, Emmett.
0: Yeah, it can be. It can be quite difficult. I was reading in a piece you wrote for World Nuclear News, about well, it was about many things involving nuclear in the African context, but one of them was the the challenge of communicating. What. You know, I know what the roadblocks are when I engage with people in the U.S. A lot of them are terrified of nuclear or think it's only the only way to think about it is major corrupt utilities or whatever. There are all sorts of stumbling blocks. What are the challenges that you run into in your work?
1: Thank you for that question, Emmett. You know, uh, a lot of times we talk about public acceptance. But what is public acceptance? Would you accept something that you have absolutely no clue what it stands for? Mm. No, you would not. So, in Africa, we are in a situation where the public don't really know what nuclear is. I mean, even myself, when I got in the nuclear industry, I had no idea what nuclear technology stood for. So, we are in a situation where the public in Africa do not understand what benefits of nuclear and so in order for us to speak the terminology of public acceptance we need to start achieving the goal of public knowledge which is not there so we are trying to reach that goal at the moment and I I, I can say that it's difficult (laughs) it's difficult especially knowing our industry that for a very long time they have uh, you know not invested much resources when it comes to communication you know so but I I can tell you that once we achieve that goal of public knowledge Mm -hmm. it will be easy for us to achieve the goal of public acceptance because I believe that once you put the benefits of something to the people, then it will be up to them to pursue.
0: What have you found to be some of the most persuasive benefits that nuclear offers for people as you've been talking to them about it and trying to educate them about it?
1: One of the benefits is that nuclear has the the ability to improve our economies in our nation. Mm -hmm. You know most people really do not pay much attention to things that have an impact in their economy and one of them is nuclear technology Mm -hmm. and you know South Africa is amongst the top countries that supply the world with nuclear medicine and that is making a lot of impact in the economy Mm -hmm. and uh, when you look at South Africa right now we have one nuclear power plant, which is called Quebec Power uh, Nuclear Power Plant, mm-hmm. and currently Quebec is offering the country, the Western Cape communities, the cheapest electricity per mm-hmm. kilowatt hour, which is 40 cents, as compared to other uh, technology sources such as coal and renewables. So those are the benefits that I'm communicating to the people. But most importantly is that if. South, if Africa, not, not only South Africa, if Africa wants to industrialize, therefore we need to solve the issues, the challenge of energy poverty. How do we solve the challenge of energy poverty? We need to deploy more nuclear power plants across Africa in for the, in for the continent to industrialize and therefore solving the triple threats of poverty, unemployment, as well as underdevelopment.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think, you know, it's funny. I love what you said about how people don't necessarily pay attention to the thing that's going to actually improve their lives, improve the economy. You know, it's this fundamental thing that many people, even economists, don't really think about so much, just how important energy is to lifting the standard of living and because energy lets you do tons of work it lets you do so much more it gives so you so much. many more yes. options it, it
1: allows people to come and invest in your countries in mm-hmm. your nation i mean without energy you can't talk civilization if you want if absolutely you want yeah to civilized, then give them access to energy and a lot of time when i speak about access to electricity people or, or the, the terminology inequality to say um, we need a continent where e- inequality is solved. people think that I'm saying everyone I want everyone to be rich of course that's not what I want but yeah. I want everyone to have access to basic needs such as mm-hmm. electricity, decent employment as well as you know a healthy living conditions.
0: Absolutely it's sort of like I think about it as like putting a floor in like if you have enough energy in a society, Like not only do the highs of wealth get higher, but the lows get higher as well. It's sort of like, you know, uh, high tide lifts all boats types of thing. And like you said, that's how you get access to a stable job. That's how you get access to an advanced and refined medical system, you know. And, you know, when we're thinking about the benefits of nuclear, the fact that you can get that cheap electricity without the downsides of coal is hugely important because I I understand that uh, people, when they're talking about environmental issues are often thinking about people when they do that. But I wish that we were almost more people centric and understood that one of the reasons nuclear is beautiful is because it gives so many upsides to people, not just the environment, including clean air.
1: That's true. I mean, we know that the world previously was industrialized through coal, mm-hmm. because coal offers the base load, non-intermittent, dispatchable electricity to people, mm-hmm. and nuclear offers even better because it actually offers the electricity that is cheap, environmentally friendly, and is the base load and dispatchable.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you. So, we we know now that one of the challenges that you're overcoming in your work is just getting people to know about nuclear. I assume that there are, and maybe I'm wrong, but you can tell me, there are people who think they know and don't like it. And I'm wondering what sort of pushback you get about nuclear.
1: In South Africa, I mean, I can say that based on the study that was done many, many years ago, it was in (laughs) 2016. 2016, I think Mm. it's that many South Africans don't really know about nuclear. Those who know have already decided that they do not want nuclear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you are in a situation where, I mean, those who think they know, they don't really know because they, you know that when they say, tell me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. So those who, (laughs) the company of those who have already decided that they don't want nuclear, Mm -hmm. I mean, they side with them and yeah. those who basically don't know just don't know and waiting for us to come and give them information mm-hmm. but you know luckily in africa we are realists. we understand that we have a bigger issue and that bigger issue is energy poverty 640 yeah. about 640 millions of africans do not have access to electricity that is the major issue in africa so if you were to come to us and tell us that Nuclear will solve our problems of not having access to electricity, who would say no.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what's so insane to me about some of these allegedly green ideas about denying not just South Africa, but Africa and much of the developing world access to anything that's energy dense. You know as if you can actually scale up with wind and solar that's just not the case what you'd be doing is locking people into energy poverty in the long term i just think it's criminal
1: it is it is i mean if you i mean you know that those developed nations are actually making Africa a place where they have to test their renewables-only strategy. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why. Why Africa? They can test it in their own countries. We have seen it not working in Germany. Electricity prices in Germany have doubled. Mm -hmm. The CO2 emissions have not dropped. So, but they want to, uh, you know, Channel the idea that when it gets to Africa, do you know how condescending they are? They go like, uh, "You are blessed with so much sun." That's what they do. You know, you know when people want to colonize it is, they start making you support your own
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> oppression. Yeah, yes.
1: you are so blessed with so much sun, and you don't need anything else. Oh, it's, it's just. I'm sure,
0: and I'm sure they break out all sorts of other condescending stuff about harmony with nature and whatever, as if people don't want air conditioning. Come on, you know, like,
1: we, I mean, we have the sun, but we don't have the sun at night. Right now, it's raining outside. We have not had the sun today. but mm-hmm. they want to tell us that we are so blessed with the sun. We are also blessed with uranium mines. Why are we taking that blessing and shoving it away? We are yeah. we also have uranium mines. So yeah. it's also a blessing to us, just as much as coal is a blessing to us. So why are we grouping the blessings to suit a narrative that those who want to benefit from, you know, you know, want us to do? And I think that it's it's unfair, it's unfair for Africans, and it's also um really not going to take us anywhere. And I just you know, we live in a world where really <laughs> yeah, people, people want what they want and they don't care who gets, you know. Um...
0: Yeah, exactly. Like what's, I think the idea that you can simply convince everyone on the globe, especially people who, I mean, anyone, but especially people who don't have access to very much or any at all to just do with less is, I mean, it just seems uh, cruel to me. Uh, it's it's so it... <laughs> cruel. It's, that's,
1: the, that's how the world is. It's, it's yeah. cruel. It's just that we need leaders that are, you know, bold enough to be resistant to this cruelty and leaders who care mm. more for people than any other thing. And, you know, we are short of those leaders, especially in Africa. Mm. But, yeah, mm. it is what it is.
0: It is what it is. Yeah. I But... Obviously, there's still, there's still hope. I think it can still be done. I think that there is a case to make for this. I think you're making it. And I guess one of the questions that I have, just thinking about what you just said is, how do you, so South Africa is unique in that it actually has a reactor, right? How do we think of, or how do you think of how we get Africa to having way more nuclear are you having those conversations with people i'm sure you have ideas about it i'd love to hear what you have to say about that
1: well the nicest part is that many african countries are adapting to the idea that nuclear uh, will play a key role in their energy transition programs Mm -hmm. which is to me a right step or a a step in the right direction so Mm -hmm. we have countries like uh, zambia kenya ghana uganda Mm -hmm. and 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 others who are saying we want nuclear as part of our energy mix so which is making our lives as communicators even better Because Mm. now the issue is, then how do we address the issues of public knowledge, the issues of public acceptance, and most importantly, the issues of uh, security and terrorism, which is what we always get as Africans to say, uh, but with security, you know, how are we going to deal with handling nuclear material when the security in Africa is so much poorer and yeah, and to me, it's, it's it really a matter of nuclear is, is, is highly regulated. I mean, mm-hmm. if you say that, that means you don't trust the organizations such as the International Atomic Energy Agency who have to make sure that all those things are in place before they can approve that a country build a nuclear power plant.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. That's true everywhere. You know, I mean, the EU taxonomy just went through and there are certain things countries have to have in Europe before they can even begin to building a plant. I think so much of this is, as you say, a communication issue in helping people understand not just the technology, but the process to get there, that there's a roadmap for how to get access to this.
1: And not only people, also, even our leaders, the, the policy makers. you know, they make decisions on these policies, but they do not really understand them. So we also have a duty to make them understand these policies because if someone reaches to them before us, I mean, they will convince them that really their story is true. So we also need to come up with programs that will reach out to policymakers, to politicians, mm-hmm. also to professionals outside our industry so that we can really uh, have a strong case
0: when mm-hmm. it comes
1: to allowing nuclear to be part of our energy risks and energy transition.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that you need a broad coalition of people that see their future in nuclear. Please. Yeah. So, I love your YouTube channel. I'm a big fan of it. I binge watched the the episodes. I thought they were really cool. I learned a lot from them, and I wanted to talk to you about it. So the YouTube channel is called Africa for Nuclear.
1: Africa for nuclear. Yeah.
0: Yes. And by the way, everybody, you can check that out in the show notes. Uh, There'll be hyperlinks to all this stuff so you can access it. So I wanna talk about like just the project in general, like what was your vision for this channel and how did it come about? And like, how do you feel it's going?
1: Okay. My vision for the channel is, you know, when I got into the nuclear industry, I did not understand nuclear myself, as I have mentioned earlier on. So I, you know, made a commitment to embark on a self-educational journey. to learn more about the technology. And I started attending trainings, Mm. international trainings, writing abstracts. You know how our industry works, writing abstracts, getting them accepted and traveling. And I remember I attended uh, one of the first trainings offered by this industry, which is the Summer Institute offered by World Nuclear University. I spent six weeks in Canada. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think that is the training course that, you know, shaped who I am and, and, and molded me to be the professional that I am today. Mm. And I came back, I started, you know, uh, thinking that, you know, what is it that I can do to change the situation in my country and in my continent? I joined organizations such as Women in Nuclear South Africa, mm-hmm. and I later joined the African Young Generation in Nuclear and became their, um, you know, executive member and did their communication strategy. And, you know, in, in, in all that process, I ended up in a global network. The mm-hmm. stand-up for is. <laughs> yes. I ended up in a global network, which actually, you know, pushed me to, you know, do something in, in, mm. in my country. And, yeah, I learned how others are doing in their own nations, how other professionals are Pushing this nuclear um, technology, so I, I I I said to myself, what is it that I can do that has not been done before mm. in my country? And I looked because it's not like we are not doing something; we are doing something. It's just that it's the, yeah. the, the impact is very minimal. So I said, what can I do that has not been done before? Then I in, an issue of uh, you know short videos came up, and yeah, I. Yeah, that's how Africa for Newtale established. And when we actually looked at how uh, it was going, because we, since Africa for UK, I can tell you that this is not the first interview that I'm sitting on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I I have been getting invitations left, right and center. So I thought that, I mean, this is just the foundation. What now, how do I build this thing? So myself and my colleague who is behind Africa for Nuclear, Dr. Naptali Mukhalaba, we started working on a five year plan. We are still working on it to see what then do we do after these short videos? Because, I mean, I just told you that in Africa, more than 600 million people do not have access to electricity. so internet is a luxury. So mm-hmm. we were like, how do we now reach out to more people mm-hmm. including those that do not have smartphones? So we are working on that plan. and as soon as we are finished rolling out the first phase, which is short videos, we are now moving to the second phase, which is um, will include television and outreach programs and schools competition. So yeah, that's how it's going at the moment. Yeah, oh, there's a lot more to come.
0: Man, that's so exciting! I mean, that just oh, it just warms my heart. I think that's fantastic. You know, i I think that you're right. As as it grows, as and I mean, you just pointed out, like as the sort of the international network grows and as your work grows, I can feel just within me that there is a tide turning for nuclear. And it just feels like this is only the beginning. Everything everybody's doing right now. It is,
1: is. Yeah. There's more to come from all of us. I can assure you that. that
0: yeah, absolutely. We are the
1: industry that just you know woke up. You know, mm-hmm. a person that has just woke up has more energy than the one that has been working the whole day. <laughs> he just woke That's up and right. like, be careful. <laughs>
0: That is right. That is right. Okay. Well, on that incredibly positive note, Princey, I would love to thank you for spending time with me today. This was an absolute joy. I hope we get to do it again. And where can people find your work? It's in the show notes, but not everybody looks. So why don't you tell them?
1: Follow me on Instagram, Africa for Africa for Nuclear, on Twitter, I'm Africa for N, on Facebook, I'm Africa for Nuclear, and on YouTube, I'm Africa for Nuclear. And learn more about what Africa is doing and how nuclear can benefit Africa. And I'm definitely sure that it will be worth your while.
0: And I can attest that it is. So everybody, go to all of that. Follow Princey on everything and We will see you next week. So stay strong, stay sharp, and stay radiant, my friends.